Whether you're feeling happy, sad, mad or glad, it never hurts to change it up. Tired of the rut you're stuck in but don't know what to do? Change it up! Life Transitions expert, speaker and best-selling author Paula Shaw will be leading the charge each week exploring topics that inspire men and women to welcome change and create a new kind of conversation. Join a movement that encourages truth, respect, innovation and cooperation at home, in the workplace and around the world. Ready to change it up? Here's your host, Paula Shaw. Welcome to Change It Up Radio with Paula Shaw. I am so delighted to have you here with me today because we're going to be talking all about empowering women. And my two guests today are Dr. Nisa Whiteman, who is a gynecologist here in Encinitas, California, and Rosie Aiello, who is working to empower women to get out of toxic relationships. So we're going to be covering the gamut today. So whether you're having painful intercourse or a painful discourse with your mate, (laughs) we've got things to talk to you about today. So I first want to let you know that we are being brought to you by Tom Palladino's Scalar Energy Healing. And he is offering a free 15-day trial of this amazing cutting-edge healing method and you can do that by going to freescalar.net, free, S-C-A-L-A-R.net. All right, so welcome, everybody. As most of you know, I'm Paula Shaw. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I am a life transition therapist. And in my work, helping people go through life transitions, I'm always dealing with people who are dealing with pain. Um, people who, whose lives have been turned upside down by unwelcome upheaval, usually resulting from change. Change is kind of the only constant that's out there, you know, and we, we, whether we like it or not, it's happening. And so what, what I try to do is help people deal with their changes in a more productive way. I used the tools of energy psychology and a lot of mind-body tools because they help people shift those issues more quickly and with a lot less trauma than just years of talk therapy can do. I was originally trained as a talk therapist, but when I discovered the mind-body tools and energy psychology tools and I saw how quickly they could help people change, I said, this is what I have to implement into my practice. So if you'd like to learn more about my practice or how I use these tools with people, you can get that information at paulashaw.com. Also, if you want to learn more about Change It Up Radio or listen to some of our past shows, because we always have stellar guests that are bringing incredible information to people, You can find those shows and more information at changeituprradio.com. That's changeituprradio.com. Also on that website, you can get information about being a guest, being a sponsor, advertising on our show. There's all sorts of information there that could be helpful for you. This is a show for everyone who's dealing with change, and guess what? Everyone is dealing with change. So we try to bring information that helps people to make change smoother and more productive, to give them tools and processes so that they don't feel that they're just at the will of that upheaval, you know, so that they just don't feel that they're suffering and it's a life sentence and there's no way out. I am also the author of this book, Grief, When Will This Pain Ever End? And I know that when that kind of pain comes along, a lot of times people feel like there's no way out. But there is. There is. You know, pain pain is kind of like change. It's a part of life. And it happens on every level. It happens on physical level, the mental level, the emotional level, and the spiritual level. And I think it's important for us to realize that there, there are tools. There are things we can do to help us with our pain. 
And that's part of what I do in my work. I think where Dr. Whiteman, who we're going to be talking to shortly, she's dealing a lot on the physical level, though I bet the emotional level comes in quite a bit too because she's dealing with women. And, and, and in a bit, we're going to be talking with Rosie Aiello, who is definitely dealing with change, pain that women are going through on many levels, probably all four, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, in a, in a toxic relationship. That's one of the toughest things we can go through. You know, I, I think of a story of a, a client that I was working with who was having terrible back pain. Lower back pain was really an issue for her. And she thought it was just a physical issue. But when we really got into it, she had been suffering from uh, about a two-year breakup with her son. He just took himself out of her life, and she didn't understand why. But guess what was showing up? A lot of low back issues, a lot of um, sleeplessness, anxiety. So when we looked at that, we, we looked at what's underneath it all. First of all, for those of you that know about the energy centers, the chakras, that's a low, uh, um, a root chakra issue. Family, connection to family often creates issues with the low back or the legs or the knees. So if any of you are dealing with that, look at what's happening in your life with your relationships and particularly your family. So it's, you know, the mind-body movement has taught us all that it's not just one thing. It's not just physical. It's not just mental. It's not just emotional. It all connects together. And so like in the case of this woman I'm telling you about, she didn't just need to go to a chiropractor to take care of that low back issue or some other kind of physical therapist. She needed to heal the emotional piece around her son, just sort of firing her from his life for no apparent reason. So we need to look at all of those pieces. And today, we're going to be talking with Dr. Whiteman, who works with women in her gynecological practice. And I'm sure that she sees a lot of this kind of thing, too. So let me tell you just a little bit about her. Dr. Nisa Whiteman, who, by the way, is my doctor, and I can tell you firsthand she's wonderful. She's board certified in obstetrics and gynecology. She went to school in Los Angeles at UCLA and USC, could it be better, (laughs) (laughs) and did a residency at Kaiser in Hollywood. When she moved to San Diego, she changed her practice to GYN only, and she's currently practicing in Encinitas. She's an advocate for women's health rights and enjoys the relationships that she has with her patients, and I can tell you she really is wonderful about that. She's particularly interested in the genetics uh, around breast cancer now, what we're finding. We're going to talk to her about that. Hormone replacement, family planning, and contraception. And she has her own family, a husband and two children, living right here in Rancho Santa Fe. So welcome, Dr. Nisa. I'm so delighted to have you here. It's a pleasure. Let's just get right into it. There's a lot of talk these days about genetic testing to help us figure out whether or not we're candidates for breast cancer. Can you explain that? Well, actually, genetic testing is really the new frontier and one of the new frontiers in healthcare. And specifically that we're talking about women today, mm-hmm. and certainly one topic women especially are worried about is breast cancer. Absolutely. It's, it's very possible that at least 10% of breast cancer has a genetic predisposition. Uh And so one thing that uh, genetic testing has brought to the forefront for women today is the ability to identify some of these women who may have a higher risk of breast Mm -hmm. cancer before they get the breast cancer. And I like the term previvor. Previvor? Previvor. Instead of being a survivor of breast cancer, I would like to prevent that woman from getting the breast cancer Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. So if we can identify women that have a genetic predisposition, we can take steps to alter their care plan, Mm -hmm. 
offer advice Mm -hmm. and different options for those women so that they hopefully will never get the breast cancer to begin with. Go ahead. Is is there a particular gene that we're looking for that tells us a woman's a candidate? I think most women are familiar with the BRCA gene, BRCA1 Mm -hmm. and BRCA2. That's probably, that was the first one that was identified. I see. But now when we look at genetics, there's actually panels of genes. And we can look not only at breast, but uterus, ovary, colon, melanoma, pancreatic cancer. And in that bundle, identify women. Because now there's not only the BRCA gene, but there's 11 or 12 genes that increase your risk for breast cancer. And so by identifying these women who have the gene, then we can intervene and hopefully give them a better outcome. And and if they have the gene, do you like usually increase how often you see them for breast checks and that kind of thing? Well, it's really, it's a three-pronged attack. Okay. So yes, the first thing would be increased surveillance mm-hmm. and probably starting in about 30, 25 to 30 years old, okay. screening women mm-hmm. rather than 40 to 50. Ah. We have the opportunity to intervene medically in terms of offering medications that may lower breast cancer risk. Mm -hmm. And then there's the option of what we call risk-reducing surgery. Some women may choose to have a risk-reducing mastectomy, Mm -hmm. which would be different from a mastectomy for cancer because it's going to be cosmetically better. Mm-hmm. And in other words, the breast cancer just doesn't, if you get a breast cancer, it may not be in a place oh, I see that is going to make that reconstruction right. uh, at cosmetically perfect. Mm-hmm. But a, risk reducti- a risk-reducing mastectomy can, be, uh, can look great. Good to know. And let's talk a little bit more about that <laughs> when we come back from this break. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Change It Up with Paula Shaw on AM 1170, The Answer. Now, more than ever, it's important for women to understand why they need a financial strategy. Women tend to make less money than men, live longer, and face more financial challenges during retirement. Hi, I'm Sherry Blair. With evolving roles and increasing responsibilities, women are seeking out ways to become more knowledgeable about their finances. My life's work has been to empower women to make good financial decisions today to help ensure you have a bright future tomorrow. I'm here to help you learn more and to become more. Give me a call for your free no-obligation consultation or a second opinion at 619-997-0416. 619-997-0416. That's 619-997-0416. Cherry Blair is registered with and securities are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, is not an affiliated company. California license number Z- For those looking to improve their lives, there's nobody better to turn to than Paula Shaw. Paula helps people regain successful lives by identifying and eliminating self-sabotaging behavior using a multitude of mind-body techniques to identify and resolve their core issues. Working with a wide variety of healing modalities, she provides her clients with the most effective process for their specific needs. To book a session with Paula, call 858-480-9234. That's 858-480-9234. Welcome back to Change It Up. Now here's your host, Paula Shaw. Welcome back to Change It Up Radio with Paula Shaw. We are being brought to you today by Tom Palladino's Scalar Energy Healing. And he is offering a free 15-day trial of this amazing cutting-edge healing if you go to Free Scalar. S-C-A-L-A-R dot net. And it's a very interesting website, by the way, everybody. He explains all about scalar energy, and it's fascinating. So take us up on that offer to get that free 15-day trial. All right, we are back with Dr. Nisa Whiteman, who, if any of you were not with us in the first segment, 
Um, it's trained at all of the best schools that Southern Cal has to offer, <laughs> <laughs> UCLA and SC. And she practices here in Encinitas in a gynecological practice only. She's not delivering babies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were talking about genetic testing for breast cancer. And I find this fascinating. Boy, what a long way we've come. Because for so many years, uh, you know, we all went for our checks every six months or, or every year hoping there was not going to be a lump, and we're doing self-checks in the meantime. But now Dr. Whiteman has told us that you can have a whole panel of genetic testing to tell you if you are predisposed to maybe have even cancer of other parts, the uterus. What else did you mention? Well, we can do testing for any number of of genetic diseases, but from a gynecology women's point of view today... Um, breast and the reason uh, additional testing is important is because ovarian cancer the same gene can run with the breast Mm. so if you're at higher risk for breast cancer you may be at higher risk for ovarian cancer as well I didn't realize and if we can identify those women and when they're done with their childbearing perhaps offer to remove their ovaries Mm -hmm. because breast cancer is is well, I shouldn't say easily treated, but has a lot of treatment options today. But ovarian cancer, not so much. Uh, and if you identify a woman who, let's say the average woman has maybe a less, less than 1% risk of, of ovarian cancer mm-hmm. in her life, mm-hmm. and even with a family history may have a 4%, someone with a BRCA gene, for example, could have 20 to 40% risk. Wow. Which is like playing Russian roulette with a gun. Mm-hmm. But by removing those ovaries at a young age, but once they're done with their childbearing, mm-hmm. you could have something like a 97% chance wow. of saying this lady is not going to die from ovarian cancer. And let me ask you this, um, Dr. Whiteman, how difficult is it to identify ovarian cancer? How do we find out if we have it? So that's a, that's a lateral trade. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're now we're leaving the genetics and we're just going to yeah. um, screening women Obviously, ovaries. The genetic testing it would be a so, smart thing to do. So, so genetic testing, right? genetic mm-hmm. testing is available and it's uh, family history based. Okay. So looking at your family history and identifying women whose family history is suggestive of a higher risk. Mm-hmm. and then screening uh, those ladies. I so see. we probably wouldn't necessarily screen everyone, mm-hmm. uh, but the women at, at higher risk. Um, the second answer to your question is screening ovaries isn't that rewarding yet. Uh-huh. When women come for their annual exam, typically uh, a pelvic exam would be offered, mm-hmm. and you can, in theory, your gynecologist should be able to feel your ovaries, Mm -hmm. or do an ultrasound. But there's really not a really good screening protocol in place yet to identify early, for example, early ovarian cancers. It's not like doing pap smears to identify precancerous changes in the cervix Mm -hmm. or colonoscopy to identify precancerous polyps in the colon. Mm -hmm. Um, Ovarian cancer still has a long way to go in that regard. So... Is it painful? I mean, how is it identified? Does a woman come in so, and say, oh, I'm no, having ovar- terrible pain in my abdomen? No, typically that's the problem, is that it's oh. not usually a pain complaint. It's usually more of a gastrointestinal issue. In other words, bloating, mm-hmm. feeling full, feeling full sooner after you eat. Your clothes aren't fitting the same way. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a nondescript sensation that many women don't really identify as even being something they need to go to the doctor about until it really gets to a point when there's not a lot to offer. So Mm. finding an ovarian cancer early is really random. And many times just luck of the draw that we were looking for something else and oh, by the way, that ovary doesn't look good. Wow. So because just if we screened every single woman who complained about bloating, Mm -hmm. Exactly. We'd be doing a lot of screening mm-hmm. to pass and punt to the gastroenterologist because it's probably yeah. just bloating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure a lot of us would go for that, that thought first before right. we'd think, oh, I might have ovarian. And how is it actually identified? Is it a blood test? Is it a... There's, typically, we start with a pelvic ultrasound. 
Okay. And that would show that the something was amiss with one of the ovaries. Ah, okay. And there are different types of blood testing that can help to suggest whether or not this might be a benign ovary okay. or a cancerous ovary. Mm -hmm. But if there's any question, um, really the, the only way to know is to put the person to sleep and take the ovary out and send it to the pathologist. Oh, we don't. Wow, that's really the final hurrah. Yes, that we didn't have anything more definitive that said yes, you have a tumor. Well, here. we have imaging, ultrasounds, mm -hmm. MRIs, CT right. scan, and certainly there are. If someone has an ovarian cancer, there are many indicators that that looks cancerous, mm -hmm. and certainly probably is. Yeah, but there are a lot of ovaries that. It could be either one, and it's mm -hmm. and it could be benign, could be cancerous, but it's really not <laughs> till that ovary's out that we can make the final wow. determination. You have opened my eyes. And ah! The whole thing I, I had no idea, and I'll bet you a lot of people out there don't because you know if you don't have the symptoms, it's probably not something you're talking to your doctor about. Well, so I think but that's, that's going once a year and, yep. and talking to the doctor. So they need to have that checkup. And right. by the way, yes, before I forget. Let's tell everybody how they can reach you if they want to come and see you for a checkup. Oh. Well, I am in Encinitas, California mm -hmm. on El Camino Real. <laughs> and my <laughs> phone, phone number, number is 760-943-1011. 943-1011. And that's 760 760-943-1011. Yes. Or I'll bet they can Google Dr. Nisa Whiteman. Probably would work. Spelled just like it sounds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so not to jump um, right to the other end of, of the, the woman's body, but we women are concerned on many levels. One is our health. The other is our happiness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things a lot of women are experiencing, especially I think in that um, middle age range, is painful intercourse. Dyspruinia, I think, is the correct word, right? Exactly, dyspruinia. Dyspruinia. Yes. What What is the problem there? What's the main cause of that? Well, there's many causes of dyspruinia, as and as you've suggested with your woman uh, or lady with the back pain, mm -hmm. there can be psychological aspects. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is that there is a good, there are a good number of women who have painful intercourse from low estrogen. Uh -huh. or hormonal changes mm -hmm. with menopause. Ah, yes. And what's good is that there are becoming more and more things that are available to women that are safe and effective. Uh -huh. And more and more research to show that these products are safe and effective. Oh, good. Because so are we talking about hormone replacement or are we talking well, about something that actually is used vaginally? What, what do they use? What's well, the hormone thing? replacement is a term that can have two meanings. So yes, there can be hormone replacement for your whole body. Mm -hmm. And that will go by default to your vagina. Yeah. But the majority of women are not really wanting to have total body hormone replacement. Yeah. And what they may or may not understand is that we can replace the vagina without replacing the body. In other words, we can treat the vagina now with different types of hormones without oh. raising the blood levels so that it's safe. And in fact, we now have safety studies looking at thousands of women with breast cancer who are not supposed to have hormone replacement. Mm -hmm. But we have shown that they can successfully use different types of therapies and including hormones in the vagina mm. that can treat the vaginal wall, make it thicker and more pliable, make intercourse more comfortable ah. without raising their risk of recurrence. That's and good news. it's good news <laughs> for women with breast cancer. And it should be re reassuring because there's so many women that are really suffering in silence because they're afraid. Yes. Yeah, And they really need to talk to their doctors because typically the doctor isn't going to bring it up. Mm. And if the woman doesn't bring it up, uh -huh. then they don't get access to this information. Yes. And that's so important. There's help for them now. Yes. There's help. And it's not putting them at risk 
of breast cancer. And there's more the non-hormonal options. There's even laser, different types of laser therapies that are really? available for the vagina. So that um, a lot of women, if they would tell their doctor that they're having painful intercourse, and probably anywhere from 20 to 30% of women as they age, mm -hmm. gracefully, mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hopefully not ungracefully, um, have problems with painful intercourse. Wow. And rather than suffering in silence or just avoiding intercourse completely, uh, there are a lot of tricks of the trade that are available to them. All right. And that is one of the reasons I'm so delighted you were with us today, mm -hmm. Dr. Nisa Whiteman, who you can reach should you want to see this wonderfully confident, <laughs> knowledgeable woman. She is at 760-943-1011. That's 760-943-1011. And thank you so much for all this great information, Dr. Oh, thank Nisa. you. I you very much again. enjoyed being here. Oh, my <laughs> pleasure. And we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Change It Up with Paula Shaw on AM 1170, The Answer. Well, hon, I'm going in. Going in? Uh, upstairs to the office to figure out our insurance. No need. Uh, can't put it off. I'll see you in about six hours. Bill, there's no need. Huh? Well, I took care of it in about 10 minutes. Whoa, hon, this is complicated stuff. Yep, so yesterday I called Clune. Clune? Clune Insurance. They're brokers who handle all types of insurance for a bunch of companies. I told them our needs, they're working up a plan, and they'll be dropping by to explain everything. Yeah, but, you know, the extra cost of using a broker? No extra cost, and we get personal service. Not some out-of-the-country call center when we have a question or claim. They handle all insurance? Look, here's the info. Health, Medicare, dental and vision, disability, accident, critical illness, cancer insurance, and long-term care. They handle it all. No extra charges. Clune. Clune Insurance. <laughs> the guys are right. I'm married up. Clune Insurance. 760-805-0646. 760-805-0646. Now, more than ever, it's important for women to understand why they need a financial strategy. Women tend to make less money than men, live longer, and face more financial challenges during retirement. Hi, I'm Sherry Blair. With evolving roles and increasing responsibilities, women are seeking out ways to become more knowledgeable about their finances. My life's work has been to empower women to make good financial decisions today to help ensure you have a bright future tomorrow. I'm here to help you learn more and to become more. Give me a call for your free no-obligation consultation or a second opinion at 619-997-0416. 619-997-0416. That's 619-997-0416. Cherry Blair is registered with and securities are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. California license number 0B42369. Welcome back to Change It Up. Now here's your host, Paula Shaw. And welcome back to Change It Up Radio with Paula Shaw. We're being brought to you today by Tom Palladino's Scalar Energy Healing. And you can get a 15-day free trial of this amazing cutting-edge energy healing by going to freescalar, spelled S-C-A-L-A-R, dot net. All right, as promised now, I have with me Rosie Aiello, and I want to tell you a little bit about her before I start asking her questions, because <laughs> she's got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie Aiello was trapped in an emotionally, mentally, and financially abusive relationship for nearly 25 years. She engineered an international escape from the Middle East to save her daughter and herself from domestic violence. Nearly mentally destroyed and stunned by PTSD, within a few short years after arriving back here to California, her home state, she became a speaker, a best-selling author, and an internationally award-winning entrepreneur. With her program, she's now empowering women to find their voice, worth, and confidence 
so they can create a joyful, productive, and fully expressed life. What I'm, I think is particularly wonderful, too, is that working with her daughter, Sunny, um, they have created a book, a new book that's upcoming called 11 Hours to Freedom, where they share their story of their journey um, of escape, freedom, and healing. But the two of them are now on a global mission to help save a million-plus women and their children from being in abusive, toxic relationships. It's a big job. Oh, and they've also founded a the Love is Kind Network and Facebook group, so you can learn more about them there. It's a big job, Rosie. So tell us, <laughs> first of all, I think it'd be wonderful if you shared your story with our listeners. What happened? How, where were you and how were you in that abusive relationship so long? I I met my um, my then husband um, in California at the university. Oh. Uh, he he is of Lebanese. He's Lebanese. He's a Christian Lebanese, and we moved. He was already working in the Middle East. He was working in Saudi Arabia. So a week after we got married, we moved there, which I knew he was already there. Mm-hmm. So I lived about twelve years in. Uh, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and about 12 years in in Lebanon, Beirut, Lebanon. Mm. And, you know, when you get married or get into really any kind of significant relationship, you're not really thinking that that person is going to start putting you down and insulting you and, and, and really mistreating you. And you hear a lot about physical violence you know in, when they say domestic violence the word i think of oh they're they're hitting me and stuff like that and which obviously does happen but this wasn't so much in my case it was more subtle it was psychological and so it really created a lot of doubt and why i was why i stayed so long was multifaceted one was um uh, First of all, I did. I was married eighteen years before I even knew I was in an abusive relationship. Really, I just because I didn't have the vocabulary for it. Or, you know, again, I was in the Middle East. I I didn't hear things, and I, even though I come to the United States to um, visit my family and things, I still I still didn't know. I kept making excuses that oh, I'm just not a good enough wife. I'm just not enough. I'm just not you know kept trying to do better. So I didn't even have the so vocabulary. You thought it was about you. I thought the whole time it was about me. Wow. And I have spoken to women here, even you know now that I've come back, who have who didn't know either. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to women who've been divorced for twelve years and didn't even realize that they were they were in an abusive relationship till they spoke to me. So it really lingers in. The other facet was in the Middle East, and seriously in Lebanon, where we were right before we did the escape, mm-hmm. is that custody automatically goes to the father. It's not like you go to court and there's a custody battle or a custody discussion. If there's there's no discussion. There's 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 it's nothing. So until the child becomes major, you know, until they turn eighteen, the custody goes to the father. Mm-hmm. So I would have never, ever left without my daughter. Yeah, it, it was just you know, by then I'd been married, you know, 20 years. It's like, well, what's another four, you know, for her to finish her college Mm -hmm. or something like that. It just did not enter my mind. It was like, she was first. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't leave. And, and I know this is the problem with a lot of women is that they want to leave. They don't know, Mm -hmm. or they start to know and they can't leave. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's very, very challenging. So I have that empathy of why women can't leave when they want to leave. The children is a huge factor. I think it's, probably the number one reason women don't leave abusive marriages um, because we worry about how will we take care of them, what's going to happen financially. If, you know, if this man's already kind of a monster, how is he going to behave in divorce? So I'm sure, but the complications of being in the Middle East and cultural differences, I hadn't even thought about that. That's huge because, of course, you couldn't, come all the way back to America. And you might not even be able to communicate with your daughter if your husband had full custody of her, right? Oh, yeah, for sure not. I mean, I mean, we have been, I've been back in the United States nine years now. And to this day, he still stalks me. He still accuses me. Uh, he accuses me of brainwashing her and um, creating parental alienation and everything mm-hmm. else, even though... 
she was just shy of being 21 when we did arrive. Uh, I'm curious, Rosie, what was it like living in the Middle East? I mean, you know, we see all this stuff in the movies, and we certainly have heard a lot of negative things because everybody's so afraid of terrorism and all of that. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you, though, being an American woman in Lebanon? I'm I'm the kind of woman who who really adapts to where I need to live. I mean, Lebanon was a lot easier to live in than in Saudi Arabia, which is more restrictive. But even though my husband wasn't kind to me, mm-hmm. the the Arabs as a population, and you don't hear this very often, are very very generous in nature. They're oh. very generous. And you you may have heard about the nomads and people traveling this you know the sands and everything and you know come into my tent. It's 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 kind of in their culture. So whenever you are with somebody, you know, you're walking along the street, they'll just say, hey, they'll just reach out. They don't even know you. Say, hey, come on in for a cup of coffee. Really? Or you, you drop by a family of, or a friend and, you know, and it's, it's, you know, you've been there for a couple hours and they, oh, just stay for dinner, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, here, you have to call first. You have to, you know, <laughs> what do you mean, you know, dinner? We don't have everything prepared. <laughs> we always have something. So... It was really eye-opening, and the culture the culture is really beautiful. Um, That's so good to know. And this is know. new information, I'm sure, for mm-hmm. a lot of us. You know. That sounds lovely, actually. It is. And, you know, it is a very patriarchal society. You know, mm-hmm. let's get real here. But there's a lot that can still be done. I was on, just to let you know, now this would have been, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago I'm talking about at least, I was on a whim, uh, a radio show by a Saudi woman. She had her own. She was the first woman in oh, Saudi Arabia to have her own radio show, and I was a guest on that show a long time ago. So we still get things done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we girls make it happen wherever we are, right? Yes. <laughs> so t- how did you get away? You Was it, I mean, was there danger involved? Was this like something we would see in a movie or... Did you say you were taking a trip to visit relatives here or something and just not go back? He, he, I shouldn't say never, but he rarely would ever let me travel by myself. Mm -hmm. And I never traveled with my daughter by myself. I never would just go to the United States for a visit. He just wouldn't allow it. Uh, And when my parents started to get older, I was allowed to go visit them. And you see the words I'm using, I was allowed, mm -hmm, right? mm Mm-hmm. So we came to the United States, as I mentioned earlier, when we met at Berkeley. So we both had friends. And of course, I had family here in California. And we came here every summer to visit them. Oh, you did. I was able to do that. Okay. But as a family, the mm-hmm. three of us, it's mm-hmm. like he never wanted me out of his sight. I didn't really put that all together until much later. Mm-hmm. And so was it dangerous? It's always dangerous when you're leaving an abuser even though he wasn't physical, he, as the longer we were married, the more abusive he came. Mm -hmm. And I was literally, I was scared to death. And he also became highly abusive to my daughter. And she was the one who said, get me away from my father. That's what I was waiting for her because like I said, I never would have left without her. And so I was very scared. And one thing you know, any of the listeners I want to make sure is that you never, ever, ever tell your abuser you're leaving them. Oh, good to know. Because they'll put the controls on stronger. They'll make your life even more difficult. And it could be even come, they can accelerate the the danger. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, So maybe some, uh, you know, maybe you read uh, Viktor Frankl's book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And in that, he, he shows how he got out. He got out in plain sight. He, got, he buried himself in a truckload of dead bodies. Oh, my gosh. Right? That's how he got out. Mm. So I, I, I engineered this escape in four months. I had four months to figure out what to do and how to do it. And I knew the only way out was under the guise of us going to visit my family in California. Mm-hmm. So we packed up as if we were just doing things. And my brother met us at San Francisco International Airport. I had already arranged for him to be there. My daughter and I took our our suitcases and stuff behind him. And we left my husband standing and just said, 
were leaving. Oh, once you were here. Once we were here. And oh just God. turned away and left. I'm getting chills. And we'll be talking more about this in just a moment when we get back from this break. We're here with Rosie Aiello. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Change It Up with Paula Shaw on AM 1170, The Answer. Jack Gutman survived World War II and then returned home to the hardest fight of his life with PTSD and alcoholism. Now at age 93, he's a businessman and comedian, sharing his message of recovery and hope in his new book, One Veteran's Journey to Heal the Wounds of War. Helping our heroes and anyone who has experienced PTSD find happiness again. Get Jack Gutman's new book, One Veteran's Journey to Heal the Wounds of War at Amazon.com or to order a signed copy, call 714-525-4954. Welcome back to Change It Up. Now here's your host, Paula Shaw. Welcome back to Change It Up Radio with Paula Shaw. We are being brought to you today by Tom Palladino Scalar Energy Healing. And you can get a free 15-day trial of this amazing cutting-edge energy-based healing treatment by going to www.com. Freescaler, S-C-A-L-A-R, dot net. That's freescaler.net. And I am in studio with Rosie Aiello, who is, has been sharing with us her story of escaping a, a really toxic, abusive relationship that she was in for 25 years because she would not leave her daughter. And in the culture that her husband was from, he was Lebanese, the children would automatically go to the father. They were not living, obviously, here in America. And if you're just joining us, she just shared with us how <laughs> they got away, which was pretty incredible because they flew here as a family. She had prearranged with her brother to meet her at the airport, right? Right. And right there, she and her daughter walked away from the husband with the brother and just and you told him you're leaving right well you know i was so afraid of him i actually had my brother tell him he walked up to him you know because we we stood behind my brother i had my brother walk up to him and said you know rosie's been upset upset <laughs> that's like an understatement <laughs> but i was so terrified you know upset and she needs to have some time alone i mean I couldn't even say, it took a lot of, you know, you're a therapist, it took a lot of work with a therapist for me to have the courage to even speak to him. Mm. And it's been, this is what I help women do now, is help them reclaim their voice, because it's been a long journey for me. So tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing now with women. Who are you helping and what are you doing? Well, I work with women who, you know, they may not put it all together, you know, that you know, why am I lacking confidence? Why am I not speaking up? And whether it's in a personal relationship or in or in business, you know, why can't I ask for what I want? Why am I always playing small? Why do I always have to feel like, you know, or, or I'm always being nice? You know, we want to be nice, right? Yes. This nice syndrome. And we don't have boundaries. I mean, all this stuff. And, and almost all my clients have had some sort in their past, whether it was parental or, you know, a spouse or a significant other, you know, it could even be a friend, you know, who were abusive to them. Mm -hmm. And they have just taken all this in. It's just gone into their subconscious and, you know, into their body. You, you, you know, I know you know what I'm talking about. And they're not putting it together of why they can't keep advancing. And I, mm. I talk to women, you know, who are, you know, even in their 60s, or their father was abusive, or son was abusive, and they still can't get a good relationship. They still don't have that confidence. And that just breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, this is your life. You know, mm -hmm. you deserve, you know, what one thing we always say, you know, I say is like, you deserve to be treated with kindness. You deserve to be able to share your voice. Yes. And, and you do that with kindness. You deserve to be able to ask and set boundaries that protect you without closing yourself off. And but you were one of those women, Rosie. Yeah. How did you get to the other side? What did you do? I got to the other side by, I, you know, with, within, uh, I don't know, within two weeks of arriving in the United States, I got a therapist. Mm 
Mm. You know, yeah. and I had to get, you know, and I'm a big believer in it, you know, and I got somebody who was, who was in trauma therapy. I didn't even know I had PTSD. Mm. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what that was. Everyone hears it was veterans. Right. But we don't know how it impacts us. I mean, my brain was so messed up. I mean, I was like, just like I look now, but inside I was literally empty. I mean, my I was so burnt. Mm. I didn't know what to believe, who to believe. And um, I've done, you name it, I've done that kind of therapy. I worked a lot on myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from trauma therapy, you know, speak therapy, to somatic therapy, to EMDR, to NLP, to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. energy healing, you know, you know, the list goes on, tapping, yes. you know, and I do it myself. I, you mm-hmm. know, I work on it. I read about it. I, I have a huge library of books because <clears throat> I need to know answers. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just, I was like a voracious reader, just trying to figure it out. Um, and then to help my daughter through it as well. Yes, because your daughter, I'm sure, was equally traumatized. Oh, very much so. Grew up, I mean, her whole life had been spent in that toxic relationship. Exactly. People, I think, don't realize, and and I'm so excited to hear you say that you have done tapping, you have done EMDR, you have done these other methods that work on hypnosis, another one, that work with the subconscious. Mm -hmm. So we really don't have to spend 20 years on the couch anymore, you know? It's not like when Freud first started doing his work and you had to walk through every ugly detail of what had happened to you Mm -hmm. and hope that somehow there'd mm. be a shift in your thinking or a shift in your behavior, a shift in your consciousness. Now we can do that in a much more targeted, conscious way. Yeah, I mean, and just as an example, I mean, up until a year ago, mm-hmm. I had the belief that I wasn't a good mother. And I had that belief because that's what he told me. He told me that for 25 years. He goes, oh, Rosie, I know you, I'm sure you love your daughter. I know you love your daughter, but you're not a good mother. So I heard that over and over mm-hmm. and over. And it wasn't, you know, it took, took a number of sessions of doing EMDR before it was finally cleared out. And mm. I could fully accept that, okay, I, I am a good mother. I was a good mother. I am a good mother. And I was, my behavior was, I had the, I was using survival skills that I knew, mm-hmm. you know, how I was handling the, the situation right. was the best survival skills that I could use. Mm-hmm. And those weren't even conscious either. Right. Right. Even my survival skills were not conscious. And you know, it's an interesting thing that we're just learning now through epigenetics. Yes. We've been talking genetics on this show Mm. that you, you inherited a lot of those responses genetically Mm -hmm. from the way your grandparents and your ancestors handled trauma, handled abuse. It isn't even all ours. You know, we, we get that genetically too. So if we don't do the conscious work that you're describing that you did, we're stuck with that mm-hmm. stuff we got from our ancestors. You stepped out of that paradigm and, and look at you now. Now you are in a position where you can help other people mm-hmm. and you're driven to want to do that mm-hmm. with your daughter, by the way. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this book that you and your daughter wrote and, and the Love is Kind movement. Yeah, we're, we're, we're writing our memoir. It's still in process. It's mm-hmm. called 11 Hours to Freedom. And people, every time somebody told us, you know, I told somebody about our story, they always said, oh my God, it needs to be in a book. It needs to be a movie. It mm-hmm. needs like, oh. So finally I made the commitment to do that. And I decided, you know, we were talking that, you know, it'd be so good to have her in it because a lot of times you'll hear, you'll read books where it's about the wife and, you, right. know, and you, know, you know, she's talking about her abusive husband. But I tell you, it's what happens to the children. So now you're going to see the point of view, not just only of the wife, but of a mother, what I'm going through from a mother's point of view and what the child is going through. Mm. So you really start to see the family dynamics and what abuse does and how it, it really destroys families. And I have to say, it's going to be the women who have to be the disruptors. We're going to be the ones who have yes. to stop this. We're the ones that have to say no more. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easy, mm-hmm. but we have to we have to change this and to move into kindness. And that's what mm-hmm. we're doing. Is that we created the Love Is Kind Network because we believe we, meaning my daughter and I, believe that love is kind and not terrorizing. Amen. Absolutely, it right. should be. Unfortunately, right. what a lot of people are experiencing mm-hmm. that they think is love is terror, is right. abuse. 
Yeah, and I've talked to so many women that go, yeah, it's terror. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm on a mission. You know, you heard my global mission. I'm also on a mission to end what I'm calling family terrorism. I love that term, like, family terrorism. It's like, that, that's, you know, what you, you hear about sexual abuse in the workplace, mm-hmm. it's not starting there. Mm-hmm. It starts at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts at home. And people make choices. I'm not, and you know, your listeners are not responsible for somebody else's choices and behavior if it's not, if it's destroying you. Right. Right. And you know what? Interesting. I was reading a book while I was on my vacation last week, and she was talking about how too often we're making decisions from our heart, and, and your heart is not the right place to make decisions from, even though we, it matters what we feel. But for example, you might stay in an abusive situation because you don't want to disrupt your children's lives, or you don't want to hurt him. Maybe so often abusive men have those I'm sorry moments and they right. beg you to right. take them back. And, all. and we now make another choice from our heart instead of the right choice and where our gut is telling us this won't change, you need to go. And I think your message is so critical, Rosie. And again, would you give people the information where they can find you and, and uh, again, the movement that you've started? Yes, uh, absolutely. So the movement is called the Love is Kind Movement. So you go to Facebook groups, make sure you go to the groups. It's called the Love is Kind Movement. We also have on Facebook, the Love is Kind Network. And we have the loveiskindnetwork.com. That's where you'll be able to start to find all the information Love about what we do. Love is Kind Network.com. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Because I, I think there are probably a lot of people listening mm-hmm. who are realizing they are in an abusive situation. I think you made an important distinction saying it isn't just about physical abuse. Right. You don't have to be being hit to be being hurt. If somebody can be really hurting you with their words. So thank you for pointing that out to us today, Rosie. Thank you for being here. No, thank, thank you. you for this beautiful work that you're doing. Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners. We're so happy to have had you with us again. You can find us uh, on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock on AM 1170, The Answer, on all major podcast platforms, on, um, oh my goodness, everything. Just ask Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) We're out there in many places. And Mm -hmm. please check out and like our Change It Up Radio Facebook page and our Instagram page. So until next week, you all take good care of yourselves. See you then. Thanks for listening to Change It Up with Life Transitions expert, speaker, and best-selling author, Paula Shaw. Join the Change It Up movement with Paula Shaw as we explore topics that inspire, welcome change, and create a new kind of conversation. To learn more about Paula, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities, visit changeitupradio.com. Whether you're feeling happy, sad, mad, or glad, it never hurts to change it up. Change, change.